Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Welcome to the program. We invite you to like and subscribe. Amanda LaFrada is always with us, and she's the LaFrada with the bestest, or the LaFrada with the mostest, or something like that. Amanda, good morning. How are you, ma'am? I am doing well. How are you, Dave? I'm off and running. On It is officially two weeks until Tennessee kicks off the football season so welcome to the program we are loaded up today lots to talk about including paying high school kids what's next middle school uh why not and as the nil continues to grow apparently and also we will uh take a look at the upcoming season which again is just two weeks away and it's starting to feel like it uh and then we'll talk a little bit of live tour. Did much come out of that meeting with Tiger? You know, the one thing I've learned about golf that's a little bit different is they move a little bit slower, which is probably smart, to be real honest with you. So I didn't expect to hear something the day of or the next day. I mean, I think these are tectonic plate shifting moves. And I, th- I think, you know, I think if you tell the live tour people, that they're not going to be able to participate or they are able to participate or there's a split. I mean, these are massive philosophical moves, so I don't expect them to happen just a couple of days. I would like for them to happen in just a couple of days. I feel like that is what golf needs right now, especially to stay relevant and stay alive. I This live tour thing is just driving me insane, to be honest. And so that's just me. Well, I think there's some sense of urgency. I do, but I don't think it's a huge sense of urgency. I mean, we are in August, um, but I think something will be determined within the next month or so. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to drag out for years. I mean, it's not college football, for goodness sake. So, um, yeah, I mean, college football, we've been talking about playoffs and players getting paid and all that sort of thing for now. Uh, goodness gracious, a uh, 20 years, and, and now it's just happening. Whether or not you like it, the thing was it was supposed to happen. So Tennessee will be on the practice field tomorrow. They have today off. So they went with a five-day on, one-day off, five-day on, one-day off, and now it's a two-and-one-off, uh, two-and-one-off. So they will, uh, they're, they're still looking at how they're going to replace Bellis Jones Jr., and he, he was just a absolutely electric player man i don't know that you replace one guy like that and sure enough they said that it will take a committee of guys to to replace him i have zero idea where that music is coming from so pretend you don't even hear it but amanda the ultimately this is um what was that i think i got an ad from espn so um but anyway the uh, when you look at uh, Bellis Jones Jr. and what he brought, it's going to take multiple dudes to replace him. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, it's going to take a lot of people. And like you said, you don't just get a special player and replace him automatically unless you are one of those big-time programs that 
you know, constantly is used to doing that. If you're not that program, then it's, it's, it's going to take a little bit. Good morning, Trevor, who says I look like James Woods. Uh, Trevor asked what in the world is going on with uh, Brew McCoy. And, uh, uh, you know, we, I think that the Brew McCoy situation comes from Tennessee not having a, an awful lot of leverage right now. I would venture to say if this issue were at Alabama or at Ohio State, they would have an answer. But Tennessee can't exactly call the NCAA and say, get moving. Oh, by the way, we committed 18 level one violations. Well, so, from what I understand, USC has to grant his release and they haven't done that yet. Well, I know it's ultimately up to the NCAA. Now, the way that the way the rules work now, I'm not completely sure, but they, they used to be you granted a release so that they could get their scholarship. They still had a sit a year, but now the rules have been right. really changed. So I'm not going to pretend to be a hundred percent top to bottom. I thought it was just an NCAA ruling. No, I, I mean, from what I understand, the, the USC has to grant his release and then the NCAA has to approve the waiver. So that's just what I, I have picked well, up on. Well, that would make a lot of sense because Lincoln Riley and that whole Oklahoma crew, they really hate the SEC. So could yeah. he be dragging his feet a little bit? Wouldn't stun me. That wouldn't stun me at all. Is Lincoln Riley the reason that Tennessee doesn't have Brew McCoy? I don't know. I encourage you to like and subscribe to this show because I want to get into this a little bit. And that is, Amanda, if he is because of an SEC bias, that's an absolute shame. Um, he had the ability to up and leave Oklahoma. Isn't it just a, a little bit... Uh, hypocritical what's this word hypocritical um it's very hypocritical to say hey you can't leave and go continue your career but i can that's troubling yeah i don't really to be honest i really don't understand like i don't understand what's going on if it if this is a usc issue where he they haven't released him um that doesn't make much sense to me considering like, don't you have players that have left, you know, schools? I know at least at Pitt, they've left and gone to USC, and they're they're good to go. The, the so. issue the issue with Brew is he went to he went to Southern Cal, he went to Texas, so that's a transfer, and then he transferred back to Southern Cal, so that's a second transfer, and they transferred to Tennessee, so that's a third transfer. So that's what gets you. Actually, the second one is the one that you need the NCAA's permission on, much less the third. So maybe um, USC's just butthurt because he's gone. He's transferred from there twice. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, in all honesty, if you're waiting on paperwork for USC, don't expect them to be incredibly helpful. Uh, Down and Dirty at 30 brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. City Heating and Air has provided East Tennesseans with honest, dependable heating and cooling services as uh, they are all about integrity, and that is key. Amanda, that would be an absolute shame if SC in some shape or form. It would be a shame if that were the whole setup in college football, that it, somehow you could impede a young man's ability to go elsewhere. I hope that what we have kind of 
theorized, uh, hypothesized is not the case. I hope it's not the case. I hope it's not the case either. Um, but if it is, that that is a terrible, terrible situation. And it's a terrible look for Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, basically we're, you know, if, if that, that is the case, I'm, I'm going to side with all the Oklahoma fans that are giving him so much crap because I mean, you really look like a dirt ball. If that's the case, I'm not going to lie. Agreed. Um, one of the things that's a little off topic because I do want to get to, uh, uh, news that really wasn't breaking, but was returned up that broke yesterday. And that is about the college football playoff and the future of the sport and the fact that it is going to be way, way different. But this this number just popped into my mind that was strange. So I'm all for getting yours and getting paid, but LeBron James gets a two-year $97 million contract can I ask something really stupid? So when you're that rich, okay, now I get it when somebody wants to get their big contract and whether it's the NFL or whatever sport, but when you're that rich and your team needs that much help, could you not just say, hey, here's the deal. You don't have to pay me the same. Go out and get a free agent. Let's win a championship. But when Bronny comes along, be sure and bring in Bronny. So you could be like James Harden, who just did that. I think he took a $15 million pay cut because they're going after a championship. Well, he was also horrible at the end of last year, but there's that too. But but still, he's a big name that they don't want to get rid of, but he also took the pay cut because he wants the championship. He wants to win. You know, he wants to do what's best for the team. And I get maybe he's fat and horrible or whatever. I'm not saying that. You said that. I'm not saying that. But that, you know, Tom Brady did the same thing at the Patriots. You know, they. I, th- I think Tom Brady's a better example of what I'm shooting for. It, it's it's LeBron James. If anybody thought that he was altruistic in any sense of the word because he set up a scholarship in Ohio, this is ridiculous. He's not. He takes money from China, who who has clearly done plenty of wrong and human rights errors over the over the years and and he lives off of it and he fakes things and I just uh he flops like a soccer player and I just I can't stand LeBron I cannot stand LeBron cannot nerve there we'll celebrate the day that he retires touched a nerve uh they will do it yeah they definitely won't touch a nerve um, when you're riding around on your Pedigo bicycle, Pedigo Chattanooga is your locally owned store where you'll be treated like family, the region's foremost electric bike experts. They put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike and get the most out of it for many years to come. Okay, this according to Pete Thamel that I want to dig into because uh, I, I, I love Amanda's. Well, I, I love my opinions, but I, I really like Amanda's. Amanda's? I love him. I love well, I love my own opinion. I love my opinions, but Amanda's are above average. Thanks. Uh, just Thanks. joking. Uh, the 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers met via Zoom on Monday and began a discussion that could reshape the future of college sports. 
So this is what I think that people are missing a little bit. According to Pete Thamel, multiple sources told ESPN that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The most logical place for the sport to be run outside of the NCAA would be under the auspices of the CFP. Bum, 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 bum. The way he writes it makes me think of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. But the CFP is your new NCAA. Get ready. In five years, the term NCAA will be a moot point, as they say in Saudi Daisy. Not a mute point. A moot, mute. It'll be uh, it'll be a moot point. No jokes there. But Amanda, it, it, this this so is that's what it was called a moot point. It is a moot point. Okay. This use it would be a mute point. There we go. You did that backwards. That w- the CFP is going to run college football. There has to be an organizing body. That's that's what I was trying to beat around. I don't know if you noticed that with Greg Sankey at SEC Media Days beat around the bush is it the SEC that steps in or there's a real well I mean I wouldn't think so but there's a real possibility that the most powerful man in college football stood with us and he almost missed our interview because he was eating a frozen yogurt and that was Bill Hancock the executive director of the college playoff he was the kindest, sweetest old man, like, ever. He was like a grandpa. Like, he was the sweetest little old man, and I liked him a lot. I did, too. He was really but nice. A, lo- a lot of people liked the the Chancellor in Star Wars before they realized okay, that he was- I don't... Uh, let's get off the Star Wars. Is that too much Star of Wars is- for you? There's, there's just a lot of Star Wars going on, and I am not comfortable... With that, so how morning, you, I don't have okay, much to add. Okay, Chris Landry is going to join us here shortly. But how would you govern college football? Please like and I, subscribe to this page. How would you govern college football? How would you set up the infrastructure to govern the entire thing? I'd do a complete overhaul. I would too. But I'm curious what you do. Because now you have Mark Emmert who's gone. So you have an opportunity to do an overhaul. You have a new power structure. Sankey's always been strong at the SEC. The Big Ten now at least looks aggressive and full of life, even if they've made a bad business decision, in my opinion. So what you're now president of the NCAA. How do you set this? How do you set this up? Who who governs this thing? So first and foremost, if I'm president of the NCAA. I'm hiring a lot of people and I don't care if they tell me that I have the money. I'm doing it anyway. What are you going to do? Second, I'm getting a, I'm reining in this NIL stuff. And I think it will be reined in with that LSU quarterback, just taking the money and running. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think that will be reined in um, to an extent because people who are providing these NIL deals, because it's not the school's, it's the, you know, companies and, and what have you. People that provide those will start to be like, oh, okay, maybe 
maybe we don't do that because they can't do it based off performance. So if I were the NCAA, I would change that rule. I would rein it in somehow. I don't know how it is. I would, I would rein it in. But then I would also point out that a lot of the rules that are made concerning football are made by the institutions because that's what we found out. And I didn't know that. Right. Rules involving discipline. Is that what you're referring to? It's either discipline or the rules on the field, like the targeting and stuff like that. That was a, if I'm not mistaken, when we were talking to someone at SEC media days, that was a football officials. And I can't remember his name, but yes, he was saying that those rules come from the institutions themselves and they agree on something. So whereas everyone wants to blame it on the NCAA, it's actually not them that that do the stuff that's concerned on the football field. Now, as the NCAA, I would point that out because it just most people think that the NCAA are they're making the targeting rules and they're making these rules like these other rules in football and they're not. So I'd go ahead and point that out. And then after I reigned in the NIL. I would start implementing contracts because if we're going to pay the players and they're paid, they're paid players, they need to have accountability for where they go and what they do, as opposed to everybody else having accountability for their decisions. They need to, if you're going to go to the school and you're going to play for the school, you are going to sign a contract that says I'm playing for such and such school. You can do a one-year contract. You can do two. You can do four. It's up to you. Has to be fair on both sides, though. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Because right now it's a year-to-year with the school on the school's end. They could drop you at any point. They never did. They could. But that that needs to be implemented. There needs to be a contract between the school, the coach, and the player. Because I think if you if you're if anything happens to the coach or the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whoever you, whoever recruited you, if they leave, then you should have the ability to leave. That contract should be null and void after that. Okay. That's a a bit of a slippery slope. I like where you're going, but let me, let me challenge it just a little bit. Okay. So if it's the head coach, that's easy, right? Head coach is gone. Mm -hmm. You have the right to leave. What if it's your offensive coordinator? And you're it's whoever recruited you. Okay. So would it be head coach, offensive coordinator, and recruiter? Or would it be head coach and or recruiter? It would be head coach, coordinator, recruiter. Okay. So if any of them break rank, basically, if any of them break their contract or leave, then your contract is now null and void. Okay, now let me throw something else at you that the universities would say, which is bunk. Okay, it's not true, but I'm, I'm going to play okay. the other side. Okay, you, you, you can't do that. You can't go ahead and uh, take that approach because you, you, we re- recruit as a group, a unit. There is no one recruiter. Uh, but there, it's a group of recruiters. It's a team effort. That's, 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 what, that's what we do. That's that's false because there is a recruiter name to each player. There is. You can look it up. You can find it. No, I know. There is a specific I'm... recruiter. 
I mean, I'm just telling, I'm telling you like your school. Yes. There's a specific recruiter assigned to each player. Therefore, you, you might do it as a unit, but this person has responsibility to this kid. Okay. Let me throw this at you too. Mike Eckler, Tennessee's outside linebackers coach. He recruits a young man, gets him to commit. He is the key recruiter. Young man gets there, and he puts on 20 pounds in no time, and he is a defensive end or maybe even a defensive tackle. So then Rodney Garner is his position coach. What about position coaches? I'm just I'm just trying to illustrate the slippery slope. No, I understand that. Um, it doesn't – the position coach doesn't matter because okay. you didn't sign up under that position coach. Even if you switch positions, it doesn't really matter because that's not what you signed up to do. It is one of those things where you signed up to do this, like to, to be here under this person to do this job. If you switch jobs, that's on you. That's not on anybody else. If the coach says, hey, come play this position, that's on you. Well, and you mentioned contract. I would take it a step so far that the young man could designate his lead contact. So what you you're using the term recruiter, but let's say for instance, that he just develops a relationship with uh, Bob, the linebackers coach, but he really wants to play for um, David Cutcliffe, the quarterback guru. I'm just using an example. So he could designate his one coach in that contract that if he leaves, I'm gone. So he would have the head coach coordinator and he would have, I'm, I'm going to make up a brand new term, which basically would mean a, a prefer, preferred preferred point of contact. That's Whether that's recruiter or that's position coach, you can have one or the other. You pick that guy on the contract, he goes, you're clear and void. That's, that's, a, better, that's a better solution. Right. I think that that's, that hits the target. There you are. The end. I mean, that covers everything. Yeah. Watch out, global warming, because we got that fixed. That took less than like 10 minutes. Amanda pounded that out. I have no disagreements. That was perfect. Brought to you by The Mattress Place. 22 years on Chapman Highway. Marine Corps veteran owned A-plus accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Over 225 five-star reviews on Google. Love Steve and what he's doing at The Mattress Store. No gimmicks, just 30 to 70% off. Each and every day. Love it. What I mean, what else? Yeah, I just, I mean. We fixed the live, we fixed the live tour, which is essentially shooting it to Pluto. And we have fixed the NCAA. So I guess we've got on the agenda tomorrow, we'll fix the global warming. We'll fix the economy. It's a big show. And we'll be joined by Coach Lance. Those three things. We fixed global warming, the economy, and Coach Lance. Well, okay then. But (laughs) I'm just letting the NCAA know that I am available. I'm sorry, Dave. If the NCAA comes calling and needs to implement these changes, I I will gladly take over for you. I could be like your media relations person, couldn't I? I mean, you said you were going to hire a bunch of people. Well, yeah, I'll hire you to be my media relations person. That is that that is the bizarre thing Mitchell's saying. Fix the economy. Good luck. Amen to that. Yeah, right. Um, the it it does 
bring me back to just how slow the NCAA moves. I mean, even if we just came up with something that's a bad idea, it solves a lot of situations. Could it have problems that we don't foresee in two or three years, possibly? But at least we made some progress. It is time for today's tough question. Please. Right now, I have no idea where Amanda is going to this. Chris Landry is going to join us at LandryFootball.com. Today's tough question. Let's try this bit. We do our research. Have you done your research? Better. We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. Where did that come from? Which one? The, the, what, any of them. Where do they come from? Uh, it's uh, Butch Jones, Derek Dooley, and Philip Fulmer. What? Oh, you didn't roll his head? There's no way. Okay, hold on. Okay. So, see if you can tell which one. I've got archives. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively. That's not a coach. With Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. Well, it's a little bit of Will Ferrell, too. Compliments. Uh, okay. Will Allen show. But oh my god! At the end, That's where I was wondering. Oh my god! All right, no, I was wondering about the Will Ferrell thing. Where did that come from? Oh, yeah, it's uh, Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. Oh, okay, that's cool. I did not know that. Um, okay, so today's tough question. I actually have a good one. I've been working on it myself without your help. So that's fun. And I'm going to show you something. Let me go ahead. Let me, okay, before I do this, how many days is it until it's football time? 14 days. All right. Okay. So just go ahead and put that on in there. Oh, look at this. That is Eric Berry, everybody. Yeah, super cool video overlay there. Graphic. Just a graphic. Just, Just a graphic. graphic. Just a graphic. Sorry. Yeah, yeah so 14 days until it's football time in Tennessee. So what? Do, how does this affect us in today's tough question? Where are we going now? So I'm going to do who is your all-time favorite Tennessee player? And I know people think Peyton Manning will win. I just I I feel like it's gone past that now. Either well, before it or past it. Okay. Uh you you bring up Eric Berry. I will tell you this. Um, I will say me personally. Now my my list is probably gonna be way, way different. But I think I've told you before, but because I root for them as people, so and I got to know them. My two are uh, Eric Berry and probably Ron Slay. Um, and Eric Berry is one that because I know all, we all know what he went through 
on a, a, a medical level health wise. But um, yeah, he also had to go out there every single day during his college career, which was incredibly decorated. And he had to be a yeah. guy that would answer the question because Tennessee didn't really have a quarterback established at that for most of his career, I should say. And so he was the face of the program. So he had to answer the question of why they might struggle on that particular Saturday. And he always came out and he always talked and I always respected that. So you happen, I don't know if you meant to, but you happen to have picked mine. That's that's my all-time favorite. And I think he's very inspirational in what he went through. So, Amanda, who do you think people will go with? Or how do you want to set this up? So, I think, obviously, we have to put in Peyton Manning because everyone loves Peyton. It's just okay. a thing. I think it's a cop-out, though. If you are, you know, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, you're going to pick somebody else. I feel like other than Peyton, because Peyton's the obvious choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, who else do we want to throw? How about Al Wilson? I would put Al Wilson. Okay. Uh, and then right. let's go Eric Berry. And then of do course. We, there's somebody slightly old school. Do you, you want to go with Condridge Holloway? We can. Okay. All right, so our choices are Peyton. Going to do Peyton Manning. Yes. Okay, Eric Berry. Eric Berry, that's my vote uh, when I see that go up. And then lastly, we have, we're going to go with Condridge Holloway. I can tell you that Condridge Holloway led all players. Here's an interesting piece, so a tidbit for you that uh, Condridge Holloway led all players in autograph um, requests from the university before Peyton Manning. He was number one, Condridge Holloway was, before Peyton Manning. All right, so um do want to remind you that uh, today's Tough Question brought to you by our friends at Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer Company, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports and Zool Beer Company has the panoramic view downtown and they are simply awesome. So check them out. We will jo be joined by Chris Landry after this, talking some SEC college football and more. So hang with us just for two minutes. And again, go to Zool Beer Company. Again, Zool Beer Company and they have the worldwide winning award craft beer. Goodness, that was a lot to get out. That was a lot. I feel like I accomplished something. Chris Landry after this. Stay tuned. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business 
since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. It is 14 days until it's football time. <clears throat> so if you want to answer today's tough question, do that now. And uh, it ties in with me because my favorite Tennessee player to cover was Eric Berry. So you can choose between Eric Berry, Condridge Holloway, Peyton Manning, or others. So, so go ahead and get on board now if you'd like to take part. <coughs> Chris Landry joins us now of Landry Football. If you want to learn more about football, that is the place to go. LandryFootball.com and his appearance brought to you in part by Craft Treats. I've talked about Craft Treats before, but I want to tell you again, Craft Treats has the minor CBD cannabinoids that will calm your pet in those high anxiety times. So take care of your pet. Amanda is a big fan of Craft Treats. So is Ava, who sometimes makes an appearance. Uh, Chris Landry, does not have a pet, but if he did, he would give it craft treats. Good morning, Chris. How are you, sir? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, I'm curious. So my all-time favorite Tennessee football player that I covered um, for a number of different reasons that I, I mentioned earlier, and that was because he was kind of the face of the program because Tennessee didn't have a quarterback, and he always answered the bell when it came to the media was Eric Berry. And that was a huge monster get. Tennessee had the ties. They had his dad who went to uh, Tennessee, of course. And But at the time, how did you have him evaluated? Because they sent me to cover one of his games. And it, he, even in a, a pretty talented area, he looked like a man amongst boys. He, he was. He did. And uh, I can remember the 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 summary of the scouting report, like yesterday, um, uh, in a very high grade on him. I thought he was really, really an outstanding player. He had great range, physical. I thought he was a tough guy. I thought he was a leader. I, I thought he was a he was a great guy, and obviously, you know, went through a whole lot. So yeah, he was he was outstanding. How how well was he playing before he got sick? Because for those that don't remember. There was there was cancer, there was ACL, and there was also the Achilles. But how high of a level was he playing at in the NFL before he got sick at his peak? Yeah, and in pro personnel grading, you know, uh, most teams you have you have a numerical grade, but it but it corresponds to a color grade. Blues are the highest, and what's your difference maker? He was a blue uh, for about three years, and he put him in the top three to four best 
in the league at that position. Man, if you want to jump in there, go ahead and um, let me know as uh, Tennessee heads into, we were talking about this earlier in the, in the game week, which will begin next week with the Thursday night game. So you head into kind of a weird uh, game week. That's a little bit, a little bit disappointing. But how does it affect Drew McCoy if you don't know if he's eligible as of game week, Chris, and when you're putting together a game plan? I always try to, with a player, well, as, as a coach, to treat it like an injury. Like you, you don't know if a guy's going to be back from said injury, and so you prepare without him. For him, it's more of a mental thing because obviously he's healthy, and he's just got to – he can't – it's hard. Look, I mean, you can't just, there's not a magic thing you say, and it's, it's up to the individual, but you stress to him, look, we're behind you. You know, you're going to be a, you know, we're, we're just keep your head down, focus not on anything, but the next period in practice, you know, what you need to do, just do that because you don't know what's going to happen and you don't want to clutter your mind with stuff and worry and you don't focus enough in practice. And, you know, here you are, you're eligible, and you don't really have a good couple of weeks because you hadn't really focused. It's it's hard to do. It's easy to, for me to say, but it's what you have to try to do in these situations. Just tell them, look, in your mind, mentally take reps, mentally be prepared, mentally work out on your own. Do all the things that you can as if you were going to plan, you know, you're going to be playing week one because you might be. If you're not, We'll deal with it then. And it's easier said than done. So how important do you think Brew McCoy would be to this offense? Or do you think that there are other guys who are just as good um, that could could take his place? I mean, do you even think he would be a starter? Or do you think, I mean, is he sitting behind Squirrel White and, you know, Cedric Tillman? Well, they're in a different. They play a different position. Obviously, Squirrel is is going to be somebody they'll play in the slot in a three wide receiver set. Brew McCoy is as talented as any receiver on there physically. Now, the issue with him, and and so he could be not just one of the top two. He might be physically as good. Now, is he as productive? No. The biggest problem has been some issues with him maturity wise. There's a reason why he's transferred a couple of times and moved around. So. Having talent doesn't mean you're a great player. He hasn't been a great player, and I don't know that he will be. I hope he'll get that chance and he'll walk through that door. But in terms of talent, he's as, he's more physically gifted than anybody on Tennessee's roster. So wow. he'd be the number one guy if on his physical abilities alone. Is he going to be the number one guy here? Is he going to play a lot even if he's eligible? As I said before, and I've talked with Dave about this uh, on and off the air, it's up to him. I mean, he's got to step up. It's your time now. You've got the ability, but I have done this. I just completed my 40th NFL draft. I have seen so many guys that have <laughs> that just don't do anything because everybody thinks that all of these players work equally as hard or equally as motivated. They're not. They're human beings. And they're no different than somebody that does a radio show or goes out and sells insurance or works on cars. Or You got some people that are just wired different. And some people that are just, I do see this, a lot of times guys with great ability 
tend to live off that ability. I don't have to work as hard to get to a certain level, to get a scholarship, to get a starting job, to get in. And, and so the motivation for them to be as good as they can be is not because they're good enough. It's the car salesman that says, man, I sold 10 cars this month. The wife and I are going to Hawaii for the last, you know, quarter or whatever, you know, or, you know, do I want to sell? I mean, it's just, it's, it's human nature. And it's the toughest thing to get a feel for in the evaluation process with brew. It's been a little unhappy, a little tough to coach, you know, does, does he maybe realize this is his last good opportunity where people are going to trust him? I don't know, but right now got to get to that point where he's going to get that chance to prove himself. And I don't know, I don't know what's going to come up. Maybe a bus may not play, may not do much of anything, but physically he's got the goods. So I'm sorry, man. I go ahead. Sorry. So as far as that goes, I know there are, there are people reporting that it's the holdup is actually USC not releasing brew. Um, and then the next, the next stop would be the NCAA approving the waiver. Do you, is that what's going on or is it the NCAA? Are you, are you aware of any of them? I've heard it, but I don't know that to be true. I know that's been reported. I don't know. I haven't, um, I, I don't know what the, this, I don't know that they are holding it up or maybe they are. I, I don't know, uh, but that it's is a possibility. Well, I, I say it's a possibility because that's the steps that need to take place, but I don't know. Um, I'm assuming it's always dangerous to assume, but I'm assuming the guys that are reporting on it mm-hmm. have probably checked. And I'm guess I know this, that they're from the Tennessee side. That's probably what Tennessee has told them. Look, we're waiting on USC because, because that's probably the word they've gotten from the NCAA. So if I had to guess, probably a lot of truth to it uh, you you know in this day and age you, some stuff's reported it's completely off basis but you know that's what it's the best i can do because i don't know i haven't checked into it really right the um the bears play the seahawks on a, th- a thursday night game we record on thursday if that's when you're watching but don't worry this isn't timely because i wouldn't ask you about bellis jones jr how difficult he will be able to replace because Wow, you talk about a guy who went through kind of the, the Brew McCoy uh, sort of journey and ended up being impactful in so many ways. And Tennessee saying yesterday it's replace him by committee. How challenging is that? Oh, it is. By the way, he's had a really good camp for them, too. Um, I don't know how much he's going to play tonight. Uh, may, better watch early if you want to see him. If you want to be there long. He's really tough, smooth route runner. Um, he's got explosiveness, just a playmaker. And, and those guys are tough to replace the production level, the experience level. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And, and probably the, uh, the, the, is that kind of, we just talked about with Brew McCoy is you, you've got, you lose a guy that has that much experience, that much production, and you're kind of going with a, with a, a very, very talent, talented guy potentially, but an unknown quantity in this system. Uh, I, I think it's always difficult, but look, you know, that's, that's football. It, it happens all the time. It's just, you know, line up, get ready. And, and I'll say this, it's just, you know, you guys talking about it, they, two things, 
this Tennessee offense, Josh likes to play three receivers, but he doesn't rotate as much. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they go so fast that they can't rotate, but that's the whole game plan. So if you look at it, um, it's getting the best three. And then obviously you want to build from a depth standpoint, if, if any one of those goes down, um, that you can plug them in. So it gives you an opportunity right now to build some depth with some other guys. Yep. Um, so out of, sorry. Go ahead. So out of the, all the players in Tennessee's roster right now, who are you expecting to see big things from this season? Like if you had to name one player that you're excited about to watch, or maybe that people don't know off the radar, who are you most excited to see perform? Well, he's no longer on the radar, but I've been saying, you know, um, for a long time, you know, I thought Brew McCoy was special talent. And so he comes to mind as, um, as the guy that I was probably most interested um, in watching who could have an impact because of what we just talked about, because of the fact that you've got um, a, great player that you're replacing and uh, somebody that um, can come in and and really help. So he kind of jumps out of the table as it's not one person, but obviously the tap offensive tackle positions um, is really important. And the secondary for me are are huge. Who's, you know, is somebody going to step up as a pass rusher to, because I thought they did a really good job with basically two main pass rushers how's their pass rush going to improve? Now, there are two ways you can do that with with better play up front at defensive tackle where you can clog the middle and allow those edge rushers to be a little bit more free and get another guy. I think with the pace of play in this style, I think you need to have three and four good pass rushers. So to me, you know, those are the type of guys that I think are, are, are that I'm most interested in. And out of this last question for me, I promise, out of all of the transfers that are coming in, you know, you have, um, was it Walker? You have Turrentine. Um, who are you expecting to see big things out of, like immediately, um, an immediate impact besides Brew, if he plays? Yeah, no, I think both of those two that you mentioned are two that I, I think just by the the need uh, I think those are the two guys that that jump out at me the most. I think it's if you look at the transfer guys. I mean, that's kind of where it's um, you know more than the incoming freshman. Although I think you could see some uh, impact there. I think it's the the transfer guys that look. Those guys we've talked about it. Those guys have to be impactful. I mean, or else you really wasted time bringing them in. So to me. I think both of those guys, I mean, I think in the secondary is, is where uh, it jumps out to me the most, where they need to get some immediate impact and help. I mean, guys that, that have to come in and start and play well, I mean, they're going to start. They don't play well. It could be a problem because there's really not a whole lot there. Chris, it, it is a program that Tennessee's always going to keep an eye on with the connection between Josh Heupel and Oklahoma. But you said something the other day, and we were about out of time, so I didn't have a chance to delve into it. And that is you really like the Brent Venables hire at Oklahoma. That surprised me a little bit. I I didn't love it, 
but you know more about the coaching community than I do. So I want to kind of follow up on that from the other day. What, why did you like that hire? Because for Tennessee, again, there's a strange relationship between Josh Heupel and the administration there. But Tennessee would love to see Brent Venables do a fantastic job at Oklahoma for the next 20 years so that nothing would happen where Josh Heupel could come into play. So why did you like the Venables hire? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that as good as I thought Oklahoma was under Lincoln Riley, I didn't think they were tough enough and just not good enough on defense. And I think that, to me, I don't look at Oklahoma as a Big 12 team. And, and I know they're leaving that, but, you know, you kind of get the stigma of Big 12 teams. that Nobody plays defense. And I thought Oklahoma was just kind of the best of that. Well, to me, Oklahoma. You look at the history of the Blue Blood programs. Oklahoma has got as much or more going for it than, say, Clemson, where Brent came from, uh, you know, ironically, not coincidentally. I think recruiting better defensive players, structuring of practice to where you get more out of your defense and you can become a elite defensive team. And without, you know, not de-emphasizing offense, but the pace of play, um, I thought hurt them. I thought it made them very vulnerable. So they got out of the Big 12. They've been the best program in the Big 12. But they were not prepared as they got into the playoffs. And they played, you know, in the playoffs a few times. And other than one time, they didn't just get beat. They got pounded. So as they go into the SEC, and I'm not saying that Brent is a sure thing to do that. What I'm saying is his style, what I think he's going to do, I think he's going to toughen them up. I think they're going to recruit. I think he's already recruiting a little bit better defensively. I think their their culture of how they prepare is going to be more SEC like with Brent because I think that's what he was a part of at Clemson. I think Clemson, not last year, but in the past, has been an SEC type team in the ACC, which is why they're so dominant. So if Brent does what I think he's going to do stylistically. I think Oklahoma's future is really, really good. Whether he can do it or not remains to be seen. As you mentioned last time, he has never done it as a head coach. But even if he doesn't, I think that style is going to suit them well, better than if Lincoln Riley had stayed and they were coming in to the SEC. I don't think they would have fared very well. I think they go from being a team that wins 11, 12, 10 to, you know, they might be a, an eight and four, nine and three team, depending on the, the schedule in the SEC. I just think there's some teams that are better than Oklahoma, and they still are. But I think if you start to build it, Oklahoma can do anything anybody else can do. I mean, they they can recruit as good as Clemson. They can recruit as good as Georgia. I mean, they, their history and tradition, going back to Bud Wilkinson and Barry Switzer, and they, they can do anything. They've just kind of morphed into Lincoln Riley's imprint was – it's about the offense and the defense is just a bystander to have to step in and make some plays here and there to get the ball back. I, I just don't think that wins consistently in the SEC. So at least Brent's style. So I would say it's not so much just Brent, but his style that I'm applauding and thinking that that's a good way to do it. And now we just need to see if Brent can implement it and do a good job of it. Yeah. So with that said, Lincoln Riley, Mm-hmm. he has I mean when he was at Oklahoma Oklahoma fans loved him now that he's gone 
they despise him. I mean, it's almost a Lane Kiffin type from Tennessee despise. And funny because they went to the same school afterwards. They both went to USC. Anywho, is there merit to them disliking him? How do you feel about him as a coach? Do you think that Oklahoma would have fared better with someone like Venables the the past few years instead of Riley? I, I don't – well, no, I, I can't really say that because I thought he was a really good fit in the Big 12. I think overall getting to that next step, uh, possibly. I think we're going to see that. We're going to see, you know, with Brent, as I said, what he's, I think, going to do. And, again, I don't know that – not told me this is how he's going to do it, but if he does what I think, I think, I think it's going to be better for Oklahoma. I think Lincoln's an outstanding coach. I think he's a great offensive coach. I think he's going to do great at USC. There again, I think he went from a place where he can win with his offense to another place that he could win even more with his offense. Now, as they go into the Big Ten, are they going to be stout enough on defense? We'll we'll get to that for a conversation a few years down the road when they're actually playing games in the Big Ten. But I think they can make a quick rise. I mean, USC – you know, you have to do a bad job to not get the best players in Southern California. So I think that Lincoln will do great. I think in two years, maybe he gets them into the playoffs out of the Pac-12. But can does can he maybe and maybe he will learn a little bit. Maybe he can get better defensive players because they can recruit really, really good defensive players that can run. Maybe maybe he can get USC to the point where they're better defensively. Um and, you know, can take that next step at USC. We'll see. But I, I think it's a good fit all the way around. Um, you know, you can't say that Lincoln Riley didn't do a great job at, at Oklahoma. He did. But I think for the fans at Oklahoma that were a little tired of, okay, we win the Big 12 and we get, you know, foot stomped in the playoffs, it looked like, they weren't even on the same field as in LSU only did it for one year. That's an up and down program. That's not, not a good comparison, but you know, when they, when Oklahoma got there, they just, they just didn't match up. And I think that began to wear on them, but you know how fans are. I don't, I don't, I don't really, fans are short for fanatics. You're right. They all loved him. He's not leaving us. He'd never leave Oklahoma. Oh, they're not looking. You know, and and then, you know, the whole, you know, the, the rules of, well, the smoke screen of, well, it's LSU, that's okay. And it was USC all along. Uh, well, yeah, they hate them. That's, that's life and fandom. I, I understand it and really don't pay much attention to it. But, yeah, I, I can understand their frustration. I, I do some shows in Oklahoma with uh, you know guy, Teddy Lehman, who was, uh, who was a linebacker on the, the, the last uh, – when they, they played LSU for the national championship uh, no three and they lost to LSU. But he, that's the thing about Oklahoma under Bob Stoops, they were a defensive team. And when Josh was the quarterback and um, you know, white and all those guys that they were not a great offense, but they were good. And then even with when Leach was the coordinator there, they played good defenses. So uh, I, I understand the, the, the frustration with the Oklahoma fans. They've always been frustrated with Lincoln about their defense is not good enough and he doesn't focus on it. And I know that was something that um, I said a lot over, over there and, and 
it, it got a lot of play there. I, I got some feedback from the Oklahoma football office about that. But. Looking at the SEC. So there, are two, so there are two people on this show currently that have made. No, no, no. I just like, man, you were a little harsh on this. Stuff. You know, I mean, I, and I, I, get, I get that all the time. You know? There are two people have, who have drawn the ire of college coaches here. Sorry, Amanda. Go ahead. You're fine. So looking at the SEC as it is now, after, you know, going through these, we're still in camp and we're coming up, you know, to the start of the season, 14 days. Is there any team that, especially as the top 25 has come out now, the AP Bowl, Coaches Bowl, uh, both of those have come out. Is there any team that you're looking to surprise people, whether in a good way or worse? Oh, okay. In a good Um, way or a bad way, either one. Well, man, there's all, I mean, like, for example, we've thought we've been touching on this before, but like the poor South Carolina fans think, you know, can we win nine this year? Can we win the East? I mean, you know, so it depends on what the expectation is. I mean, for me, South Carolina, they're they're probably looking at six losses, six and six would be a, a, a good season. They are in South Carolina think it's a disaster. So I guess for them, that's a, you know, to me, that's what I expect. And, and everything's relative, right? Because, you know, all of a sudden teams are not. I, I think that um, I don't know about Florida. I can't, I can't, um, I can't. I, I'll say this. I don't know. You guys tell me, you know better than I do. What do Tennessee fans think? If you, if you were to say the, the folks that follow and what do they think their season is? Do, do, do they think they're a ten and two team or eleven and one team? But what, what do they think? I mean, if you know, because I because I think that they're an eight and four team. That I think mean, nine and three. Okay, and I think they're an eight and four team that will only get to nine and three if somebody underachieves. Because you know, but but yeah. So I mean, so that's probably that's probably about right. I think Kentucky is underrated, but I don't think they're going to win the East. Um, I think that um, Arkansas always seems to be underrated. They're always tough. They're always good. I don't know what to make out of Auburn. Auburn will probably have a better year than people think because everybody thinks they're going to be, you know, a disaster. They won't be. They'll, they'll, they will be better. Um, I think Mississippi State's intriguing because a lot of people are expecting a big run. A lot of people are expecting AM with all the hype to be great. I, I think AM will be good. But I don't think they're going to be at Alabama. I think they're, you know, uh, their schedule's pretty favorable. So I, I, and I went through pretty much every team, and I don't know that I really answered it because I don't know what the expectation level is. For the expectation level, for me, that's what I go by. But if people ask me all the time, well, well, who's your surprise team in your eyes? Well, if I. If, if if I knew it, it wouldn't be a surprise. So it's like, yeah, you know, if I go if I go through every team and say I think this is what I think of this team, I'm going to tell you like about week six or eight, who surprised me, good or bad, because right. based on my expectations. But other people's expectations are, I think people Amanda and Dave are looking at the rankings, and they're missing the point. Who the heck do you want to put at five or six? There is one and two, Alabama and Ohio State. There's a little bit of a drop with Georgia. There's a decent little drop. And then it's go like Clemson, two or three other teams. And then there's like, you can take seven and 22 and flip them. 
you know, I mean, he just he put them in a hat. They're not. They're all the same team. They're different stylistically, but nobody deserves. If I would have ranked them, I'd say I'd rank Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then I would rank three. Then I would skip four through eight, put Clemson at about nine, and then I would go. That that's the accurate way to rank them, because people right. automatically think, well, Clemson is is right behind. They're not. There's a gap between Clemson and Georgia. There's a gap, a little gap, I think, between Georgia and Ohio State. But those are the three teams. Utah's good. I mean, there are a lot of good teams. Somebody's going to get in the playoffs, but at that fourth team, right now, and they're going to emerge. But there's hard to separate them now. So I think people get out of whack. Oh, they're too low. They're too high. Well, welcome to rankings, for goodness sake. That's the way it is. <laughs> insane to me. Chris, great job, buddy. This when we talk to you next week, we'll be exactly one week away. So I guess we'll have a Casey Clawson. I think he wore the number seven. So uh, maybe we can have a Casey Clawson video overlay. So have a fantastic rest of the week. We will uh, talk to you on Monday. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thank you so much. Have a great day and the rest thank of you. the week, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Highly encourage you to go to that website and join. Ray Viles Automotive is right there on Callahan, and they are absolutely fantastic because of integrity. And they can handle your auto financing. They can handle your car repairs. But again, the core belief is about integrity, and that is what is so honest and awesome. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business. Tell us about it, Mr. Viles. It's Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. 
Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. Uh, Amanda, am I a good person? What? Am I a good person? Uh, is this a trick question? Please uh, subscribe to this channel and like. We appreciate that. Because I had a moment uh, in my insomnia last night at about 2 a.m. where I, I thought to myself, a good person would not do this, so I stopped. You remember that, Herm Edwards? Don't hit send. You remember that talking about the NFL players and they tweet out something they shouldn't just don't hit sin. <laughs> no, but I think that's great advice. It's great advice. And I bought the two ninety nine Twitter so that it does the sin now. So like it does a, it doesn't actually go out. You have five seconds until it goes so you can cancel it. And I've canceled it a couple of times. Okay. So this young lady, that's a good idea. This young, it is, it's well worth the two, $2 and 99 cents a month. Yeah. But you are a good person. Yes. Okay, thank yes. you. So I, I questioned it at 2 a.m. about last night. I got up and this young lady, she said, I'm going to interview Philip Fulmer on my podcast. And I wanted you to post questions here. And um, she specifically said, no negative questions, only positive questions, which to me is is a little silly terrible journalism there's no such thing as a negative or positive question there's a question it's either pertinent or not but it's not designed to be negative or positive either way but anyway so my first response i mean just it hit me like half asleep moment of creativity i felt really proud of it i was just going to type in there if not jeremy pruitt who the hell was next I don't think it would have been approved by her. I mean, if that if that's where you landed, how much further down the list do you have to go to get a guy who doesn't pay pay players and can coach? Well, to be honest, though, everybody at Tennessee was really excited about Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, they were because of the success he had as a defensive coordinator at Alabama under Nick Saban. I mean, honestly, that's. Because also it looked like it was paying off Mississippi State, Dan Mullen, you know, Jimbo Fisher at uh, Florida State. Uh, well, Muschamp was at South Carolina at the time, so we're not going to count that one. But it looked like the the coordinators under Saban, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, looked like the coordinators under Saban were paying off. So yeah, I, I thought this guy was adult from the get now i'm not going to argue with with your assertion of, but you are on the inside yeah so it's a little bit different yeah you could be absolute i mean maybe the fan base was excited i i thought when he started with i at the press conference and then quickly changed it that that to me was disturbing like by the next press conference he dropped the i like saban says because he felt insecure about it well to me just be who you are from the get and keep being that person so either you're disingenuous by using I or you're disingenuous by not using I fine. It just. So Brian Kelly. So what are we saying about Brian Kelly? Thank you. Exact same thing. Thank you. Just be dude. Nick Saban does. not I'm sure he's put on some sunglasses and act kind of cool in recruiting, but he doesn't walk in the air and act like a total goofball. 
That's not what you he want. Doesn't. He uh, doesn't. A couple of other questions. Uh, well, actually, Caleb said most questions sports reporters ask are stupid negative. I disagree. I Well, I mean, I don't think they're stupid negative. I think they're just stupid, to be honest. I mean, how many times has Nick Saban reamed somebody for asking the same question that's been asked over and over and over? You're not going to get a different answer. You're just not going to get a different answer. However, these I cannot stand it. And, I, and I'm going to say this, and it sounds sexist, but I'm a woman, so I don't care. The, the women on the sidelines, for the most part, there are a few exceptions. There are a few exceptions. And I know that these questions are handed down. But it's, how do you feel about this loss? How do you think they feel? Well, but that, it's a it, loss. It, it kind of, ha- uh, you'd like to have something more. I can tell you that a lot of the very successful sideline reporters, male or female, have a very good producer that's kind of like right there and he's watching the game because they do have to be mindful of how they look. Now, there are other people that play before. Um, right. so speaking of female reporters on the sideline, do you want to hear my Jill Arrington story of how I totally look like a creepazoid? Do you remember Jill Arrington? Um, no, but let me just let me finish my thought because I, I have a little bit of thought, and then you can tell me your Jill Arrington story. Okay. It's it makes it makes especially well, Booger McFarland's a different story. Let's not. That was a little weird, but it makes sideline reporters, especially women, no oh, one takes them seriously. And that, um, oh, when they put him in the little Monday Night Football, yeah, Ooh, that was terrible. But it makes people think that they are dumb as rocks, and it makes it makes them look stupid. Ask a, a coach about what he's going to do, what kind of defensive changes he's going to make to stop the quarterback from running all over him. You know, from right. ask questions like that. Don't ask, how do you feel about this loss? Well, you know what? So-and-so, I feel great about it. Real excited about the fact that we just got our butts handed to us. Like, no, ask them intelligent questions that people want to know, not how do you feel. Uh, no, okay, go so and dear Jill Arrington. No, I'm with you on that. I can roll with you on that. Find something specific like, um, just to, for instance, it, it seemed like, the other team was getting a strong push up the middle and that your that affected your quarterback. Something like that. But, you know, it would, would be good. Pertaining so, to football would be a great. Two slightly specific questions. Now, they're not going to sit there and tell you the adjustments they're going to make at half. And right. expect them to. But two slightly spe- specific questions, that's about what you're going to get in. And if you do that, you've accomplished your goal, right? Exactly. If you get an answer from a coach that's not a typical yes or no or good or bad, then you're you've done your job. You know, pointing out like, hey, we noticed that you know this running back is running straight up the middle. Are you? What kind of adjustments are you planning on making to avoid that in the second half? Is that's a fairly intelligent question where he'll say, okay, well, we'll move some people around. Or, you know, run run a different set, yada, yada, yada. That's an intelligent question. The whole, how do you, you know, your player just went down with an ACL injury, your number one player. How does that make you feel? Okay. No. 
by the way, Caleb's saying that most of the questions you people ask are stupid. And then he said, sorry, I didn't mean to send that. That's okay, Caleb. We have thick skin. Uh, Josh saying, I hate hearing questions from most media members. Anytime Cedric, I assume he's referring to Tillman, gets asked a question, it's basically, basically everyone thought you sucked in high school. Does that surprise you? You are right. I didn't even know that. That is the, I think he was a three star. And that's the easy, that's the easy start when you run his bio on utsports.com and you're at SEC Media Days and you're from Columbia, South Carolina. Where do you start? Yeah, here you are. You're going to be preseason all SEC, but you were a three star recruit. Roll with it, said. Did we even ask him that? I don't think we did. I don't. I think don't think we did either, because I wasn't even aware of that. I tell you what, Big Orange Phillies, you need to be aware that Sunday is a monstrous day. They are going to have Latrell Bumpus and Princeton Pant current balls, and they're also going to have Jabari Davis. Will be there as well. As they'll have T-shirts to give away, food and drink specials. That's Sunday the twenty-first, and we want to see you there at one o'clock. So. Uh, love to say hello. We'll have some hooker shirts to give away as well. So stop by again. Uh, Current Vols and Jabari Davis right there at Big Orange Phillies, the heart of Maynardville. And it is very easy to get to whether you're in North Knoxville or whether you're in the Maynardville area. It's family friendly. It's just a great place. We're looking forward to it. And I haven't just dove into like a pile of wings at a sports bar because I've been so busy in a long time. So I'm just doing that Sunday. So I, we're going to knock out interviews okay. and good stuff with the players, but I'm just devouring wings. Um, so I will be shaking hands and not you. Yes. And you might have to cool. change. If my contacts get cloudy, you might have to change them because I don't want to get hot sauce. Are you willing to change my contacts? Um, I don't have contacts, so I don't – I'm not – I'm not medically what are those, what able. Are those two people doing? I think she's trying to put a contact in his eye. That's a bad idea. Uh, a couple of other people did want to weigh in on their favorite player. Uh, Mitchell said, I'm a fan of Montario Hardesty. Brother, I'm with you. That guy, he answered the bell in very much the same way that Eric Berry did, both from a health standpoint and a media standpoint. It was every single day you had to ask him, how's your left knee? It's not real good. How's your right knee? It's not real good. Somebody else said Reggie White. I think that's a very strong one as well. So today's tough question was with 14 days remaining, my favorite Tennessee player that I covered was Eric Berry. So he wore the number 14. The favorite player by those that have voted is? So it is Peyton Manning with 54.1%, which is – I mean, I get it. I get it. It's just, that's an easy choice. However, coming in second is uh, other 29.7%. I don't know what other it is. I don't know who it is, but other is 29 point. No one's commenting on the other. I think one person commented on who he chose as the other. However, I don't know. I don't know who else. Like Johnny Majors is the other, is the one other, but 29.7% or other. And, and Josh said, not directed at you guys, talking about asking, said, yeah, we know that, Josh. I, I, and I'll, oh, I'll, I'll back you on this. Now, you, you will never hear me call out anybody by name, but as I listen to different press conferences around the SEC, golly bum, man, they're, 
there there are just some people that just ha- I, I hate this i hate to sound bad but there's some bad questions being asked there really are and you and you only have a limited amount of time and i understand that and yeah, I'm to the point where these press conferences, they should just send out releases. I don't I don't even know sometimes what you possibly get out of those. And Amanda, um, the one that frustrates me the most, and I know what these guys are going through, is the two questions. And first, it's terrible journalism. You'll you'll hear me do that from time to time. You never want the person you're interviewing to have to think about two questions. It's not a mental exercise. So but you're asking it because you might, they might take the microphone from you. You might not get another opportunity. So you feel like well, you also, have- if the questions go together, I think that's, you know, I think that's fair. If you're like, okay, who do you think is the best player on your team and how are they going to impact the team? I'm, okay with, that. I'm okay with that. But okay. when you, when you feel like you have to ask uh, who is Tennessee's best pass rusher uh, and as a follow-up, uh, who would be the backup punter? Yeah, that's when if they're not related, I think it's stupid. It happens on a day to day basis. Not necessarily Tennessee, but maybe, but it does happen. And, um, but nevertheless, so we shall move on. All right, message board bingo. Do we want to get to that now? Are we ready to rock and roll with message board bingo? I know we had another topic we were going to get to, but the show ran along and Chris was just awesome. So let's go ahead and get to message board bingo right now. As Amanda asks the questions, she reads from a message board. Can I give the answer as to which message board this is being posted on? So if you can post before me on YouTube, by the way, please subscribe and like. The response has been fantastic. Tell your friends as well. We would greatly appreciate it. And we can kind of take this thing. We've got some big, big announcements that aren't small, let's say that, that are coming up and that we feel like we're going to be able to slay it um, before long. We'll try to keep everything in hand, hint, hint, uh, coming up. So tell your friends. All right, so let's do this. It is time for what message board bingo, Amanda LaFrano. I don't even know what you just said before that. Okay, we'll revisit that later. Subtle teases. Okay, so you know how do you all of it? I just didn't tease it. Apparently, good enough if you don't know. I I didn't. I mean, I wasn't like I was pulling up my message board bingo questions. That's fine. I probably just missed like the last thing I got was hand hint hint, and I was like, what? Okay. Anyway, bird in the hand better than two in the bush. I think that should be retired. I don't think anybody should be talking about anybody's bush. Felt bad the minute I said it. Go ahead. Thank you. All right. How do you say it? So it's the it's the letters. It's the letters N I L, and it says N I L or one syllable nil. So somebody's posting this. And they're saying it's nil. So that they're means- saying, how do you say it? N I L is the first option, or nil. 
So you just say NIL. So what fan base would have said this? It seems incredibly difficult. This could be any fan base. No, it's just you have to judge it based on the um, brilliance. Um, You're turning different colors. I I think it's that difficult. I got a brand new light that I'm playing with. It has a remote control. I'm not sure that's but I'm full Trump right now. I'm orange now completely. Okay, I don't know. Don't don't politic this. I'm gonna go with uh, Southern Cal. Southern Cal. Not that dumb. It's Texas A&M. Oh, oh. So you're saying Texas A&M has dumb fans? It's okay. Out of all the message board bingos, they would call that a mute point. Yes, out of all the message board bingos we've done. Like I, I think Ohio State's the meanest, but Texas A&M asked the dumbest question. Ow. What? All right, all right. Next one here is a message board bingo brought to you by our friends at Craft Treats Pool Spectrum CBD treats that contain minor cannabinoids that increase the benefits of uh, CBD for your pet. Storm anxiety, car ride anxiety. I have to take it because message board bingo makes me nervous. As it should. So, just by the way, on the craft treats, Ava did something to her leg last night, and she was limping and, like, crying, and I gave her a craft treat just to, you know, I was like, okay, you need to, you need something. So, I gave her one, and she actually, it's, it's better. Like, I guess it killed the inflammation. I don't know, but I, I really, I just gave her one, and I was like, here, just take this, because I feel like you need a little pick-me-up or whatever. Okay. Love it. And then she had a shot of whiskey, and she was dancing on the bar. She doesn't like whiskey. She's a tequila girl. All right. So, he's listed on the roster as 6'3", 200 pounds, but my eyes tell me he's closer to 175 than he is 200 pounds. There were reports of him putting on size and his legs looking bigger than when he first arrived, but his upper body looks very small and frail. I'm not a D1 athlete, but my shoulders and arms are bigger than his. If a huge part of his game is running, I'm not sure he'll be able to stay healthy through the entirety of an SEC schedule. Also, would it kill this kid to get a haircut? Reports are that he's leading in this QB race, and if you're going to be the starting QB in the face of a major university, you should be well-groomed. South Carolina. That was a good guess just because they have a transfer coming in. But actually, it is LSU. Mm. Because their quarterback just said, peace out. I at first thought you were – I at first was going towards Alabama until you said quarterback. Because I, 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 for some reason, I thought you were talking about running back. And I thought to myself, with the running backs maybe that Alabama fans have had, they're a little spoiled. So maybe they see a guy and they micromanage him. That's what I was kind of thinking, maybe. But no, no one way off. Go ahead. No, no one. That's what people have learned at Alabama is you don't say anything. You don't micromanage anybody. You just let it happen. Just go with the right. Just go with it. It's obviously working. What if what if we could do like a Saban interview? And instead of trust the process, we drop in, go with the flow. And every time he says trust the process, you just insert that and go with the flow. Can I'm you, not, I don't want to die. I think I can do that sort of audio editing. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Anywho. So the, t- the original post was those two injuries are probably one and a half wins off the projected record. 
<clears throat> and the guy or girl responds with, how do you lose half a game? Then someone responds with, I think it's when you lose either the first half or the second half. No, it's not. I understand <laughs> no, no. what I do because I do that all the time. To provide a, you have to answer one way or the other. I do the half all the time. Yes, but just the one that came back, it was like, I think it's when you lose either the first half or the second half. I want to go with like a Vanderbilt Egghead fan. Vanderbilt's smart. Why would you go with Vanderbilt? You don't know ball. So I I was going to go with like an Egghead Vanderbilt fan. Like a pocket protector top cat. No. It's Texas. Ouch. They should know ball a little bit better than that. Well, they went five and seven last year, so don't don't put all that on them. Owl's Nest Barbecue is the place that you need to be to get your Green Mountain Grill. They are awesome to get your hey, I'm telling you about those rubs, those sauces. They've got it all. They've got the wood pellets as well for those smokers. That is again Owl's Nest Barbecue right next door to Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. And Tire Direct is a proud Michelin distributor. It's where I take all my vehicles. All right. So it is time for this day in sports history as uh, this day in sports history is brought to you by our friends at Honeybee Coffee. And Amanda, Honeybee Coffee is just absolutely as good as it gets. Go with the bee, not the bucks. Why? Because it's it's amazing. It's top 5% of beans in the world that they use. They are... Um, a local company, veteran-owned, but it's actually really just really, really good coffee. Very smooth, very easy to drink, but it will give you that caffeine boost. And I just, this is my tagline, and I know I say it all the time, but go with the bee and not the bucks. Pretty good. This day in sports history is now. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective. Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. All right, this day in sports history, Amanda. What happened on this day in sports history? All right, I have a couple. So just because of relevance, Tiger Woods. It's a sad day for Tiger Woods. In 2002, um, in the PGA Championship Men's Golf, American Rich Beam wins his first major title by one stroke from Tiger Woods. I don't even know who that guy is. I'm not going to lie. His nickname was the Big Beamer. Okay. Richie well, Be- I guess, is that the only thing he won? Because it seems like possibly. <laughs> yes. There's only I mean, like, he could tell his grandchildren that, you know. Yeah, I think there's only like I came away from a golf tournament thinking that Tiger kind of dropped the ball on that one. I mean, every athlete has that. You know, oh, Jordan, yeah. Jordan had a lot of that by the Pistons. I mean, he got the heck beat out of him. That was one of those times where I thought Tiger should have won that. Um, except but, for Bill Russell. Except for Bill Russell, who's that's what I was thinking. Uh, who was 21 and 0 in elimination games in high school, college, Olympics, NBA? 21 and 0. Yes. 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 But other than him, that's about it. All right. Uh, what else? We'll stay in sports. All right. And this is actually last year. 
but it's kind of making a splash, especially now since that one, I can't remember his name, that one um, MLB player just got suspended for using something to cure his ringworm or something. I don't know. Never. I, I to... always want to call him Tetrazzini. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 gosh, go yeah. ahead. It's fine. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. He's suspended for like 80 games. Okay. Please. So in 2021, Fernando MLB law father said drug tests came from a fungus caused by a haircut. That's unfortunate. Yeah. He's, he's had I want to go to a different place. Well, he's had a few of them. Fernando Tatis. Um, a, a steroid that contains a spray called Trophoball. He got a fungus due to a haircut. His mistake was not reading what it contains, which is what apparently makes him guilty of something totally unknown. Yes, that is what makes him guilty of something. Because you are a professional athlete. You need to be mindful of everything that goes into your body. Sorry to get sidetracked. What else, Amanda? It's fine. But from what I've read, it, it was on the front of the box. It was. I've seen that the box. It says this is a steroid. And it's illegal in the U.S. So I'm just saying. And frowned upon in Colombia. I don't know how anything is frowned upon in Colombia. No, I, I worked with a guy one time who saved up money and to go to Colombia. And people listening would know who he is because he's in the media. And he was super excited to go. And I'm like, why are you going to Columbia? And he goes, well, I just had my friend said it was a good time. And uh, I said, okay. Where blow came from? <laughs> yes. So, okay. I'm just so you kind of see the direction this is going. It's a true story, too. Yeah. So uh, basically, it was, um, he came back. And he, I said, was it as good as you thought? And he goes, yeah, it was incredible. He said, you'd have uh, a infused, cocaine infused uh coca-cola they still have those you'd have that you'd have a steak and you'd have a lady and he said i just spent 25 dollars." did he sleep that's my question i doubt it i don't know i just feel hungover i just know a cocaine infused coke a steak and a lady cost 25 dollars in the area of columbia that he was in that's all I know. Don't tell my friend that. My best guy friend, don't tell him that. He'll be going to Columbia. Yeah. Well, he'll be headed to Columbia. Yeah. Have a, a fantastic day, everyone. Please hit that subscribe. Wait. And listen no. button. Yes. Oh, what? What am I forgetting? No. Do you have another one? Oh, my gosh. Yes. We were going into that. It was an MLB. You went into the cocaine oh. thing. Okay. And then here we are. Okay. So. In 2021, MLB Los Angeles Angels pitcher Shoei Otani, and I said that right, and I'm proud, becomes fastest player in team history to reach 40 home runs in a season, also pitches eight innings in a three-to-one win at Detroit. This guy's insane. Yeah, how how do you pay that guy? Is the best pitcher, the best designated hitter, both? I mean, I... I don't know, but keep keep those boxes of steroids cream away from him and make sure he goes and gets a, a proper haircut where he won't get ringworm well, maybe he's just on the good stuff that you can't detect Possibly. did he go to columbia 
$25. Get your cocaine, steak, and a lady. Maybe you don't have to pay him that much. Have <laughs> fantastic day. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker on Off the Hook Sports today. We'll have more coverage of the balls, including why Tennessee should look west, young man, in terms of college football recruiting. This is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. <laughs> 